The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. What's up? Welcome into the Orange Zone podcast. We are your place for all things Syracuse Orange. Reminder, you can find every episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also have every episode on our CMY Central YouTube page. What's up from the Sky Cam if you're watching? How we doing? New episodes are released Wednesdays, and we invite you to like, comment, and subscribe for more OZ content on this award-winning show. I'm Tommy Sladek. This is Samantha Crossan. We have Brendan Hodges, and we are in the dog days of summer. Dog woof. days. Dog days, woof, woof, woof. Honestly, nice breather in a way. This is the time when the sports industry gets those vacays in, but when we're here, I want the action. I crave it. Me too. I'm missing I'm missing the football season now. I have to say I'm already sort of itching for mm. football season. I'm itching for playoff baseball. There are things that I want that I just cannot have in this direct moment. We, do I even yeah. want playoff baseball, though, with the Mets? Like, hmm. Do I even want that? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I will. I feel like that's 50% of your feed these days on Twitter is just your pain as a suffering Mets fan. Pain, sorrow, heartbreak. PTSD. They're better PTSD. than the Phillies right now, though. Yeah, what's going on with that, Brendan? Okay. Can, we really, can we just say what's going on with the Marlins? Also, how They're are you, good now. Brendan? forgot to say producer Brendan Dude, on the... I'm, I'm good, Did man. I say it? Yeah. yeah well, you said producer Brendan. No, okay. I'm good, I'm, I'm good. I'm happy to be back. Good. Happy to have you back. Um... I don't even know about the Phillies, to be honest. I don't even know. Yankees suck, too, by the way. Just going to throw that out there. So the Northeast, we just stink? Just bad, bad, bad all around. Man. The Yankees are nothing without Aaron Judge. It's just the truth. I mean, that the, the Subway series, when it was no Aaron Judge and no... Um, Pete Alonzo. Yeah, it was kind of like, mm. It was a little strange. I saw... I'm not sure if you guys have ever seen... There's this guy on Twitter who makes exclusively baseball graphics and he had a cool graphic today that was showing team batting averages throughout I think the past month and there was only one team that's collective team batting average was below 200 what team is it the Mets the Yankees (laughs) I was like damn that's really and that I feel like that shows you without Aaron Judge like wow dude (sighs) that's gross That's big time gross. Anyway. Anyway, content for today. Um, we're starting with one that has to do with Jesse Edwards, and that is Bob Huggins' resignation from West Virginia basketball. Huge news this offseason. We're also going to be getting into who we are expecting to be this starting 22, the starting 11 on SU football, SU, SU, or SU football's defense and offense, kind of the plug and play, and we'll have a little bit of fun with that. But we got to start with the Bob Huggins news because this is a a – for a career-wise, a Hall of Fame coach, a name that's been around for decades, one that's been was at Cincinnati forever. He then comes to West Virginia 16 years ago. There's a nice little stretch of Syracuse, West Virginia happening in the Big East days. Then you have Syracuse in that Sweet 16 run two years ago, knocking off Huggies, Mountaineers, and ultimately Huggins is done. He resigned DUI last Friday, not his first DUI, just bad. Bad, bad, bad. No excuse in this day and age when you have Ubers literally at the tip of your fingers. Um, two times the legal limit. 
was in Pittsburgh, thought he was in Columbus. It wasn't pretty. And Love. and ultimately, this is six weeks after he used an anti-gay slur on a Cincinnati radio station. So it was one of those where I'm sure it was kind of like, this is the last straw with you, and it's it's done. What's going on, man? That is bad. Straight yeah. up. No other way to phrase that. And I do have to say, I do feel really bad for a guy like Jesse Edwards. Mm-hmm. I know there are some options here, so we can go through what may or may not happen. But either way, you know, he already transferred here. So now it's a matter of what do you do? Do you transfer right. out? Do you stay? What would you do? Well, the rule right now is that they now have a 30-day window. Right. So if, if a player's aid is getting taken away, say they're on a full right, they're on a scholarship and goes down to partial, they're given that window, which should have been the case from day one. I don't know why that's a newish rule. But if there's also a head coaching change, that's a 30-day window for these players. And I want to hear what you guys have to say first. I have my thought on what he's going to end up doing, and I have reasons for that. Uh, but ultimately, it it stinks for him. It stinks for the other transfers coming in when you have this idea of what you're going to be playing for, and that is completely taken away. Of course, it could be an internal candidate. We'll see. I think, I think he'll stay. Mm-hmm. I think he'll stay. I just feel like he already made this commitment. There's more than just basketball here. I you would have to think. Imagine at this point he already has his, most of his life down there, bring all your things down there, all, everything is set up and ready to go. And he even said from the start that there were other reasons outside of basketball that he wanted to transfer. You know, I think he wanted that fresh start. He wanted to be able to be in a different environment. He wanted a different level of happiness. I know that he could probably transfer somewhere else, but I just think we don't even know who the new coach is going to be yet. So I guess it would be, you know, dependent on that. But I, I could definitely see him staying and at least riding it out for a year, not to mention there's money involved in this as well, yes? Big time, big time. Hodges, what's, what's on? what are you thinking? Oh, Tommy, me and you talked about this, yeah. I think, yesterday uh, when I came. I come down to his office every day for whatever reason. He comes down, he checks in. Yeah, with other, very pro- nice. with other producers. Before he heads out. That's I, adorable. I, I think yeah. he'll, he'll stay. Uh, and it goes back to the conversation we had earlier this year. It's like – the NIL was a part of it. I think that was made abundantly clear. And if that's all set up and that's good to go, just why not? It's his last year of college basketball. Um, make with it what you can. Um, and it's no, like Sam said, it's no good to, like, as you get settled, decide to, I need to pick up and go again. And it's situations like these that really test the idea of the transfer portal because everybody's gone somewhere. There are only a few names left there that are kind of like big names that people will want. And now you may have a secondary influx, kind of like that second wave of free agency you see in professional leagues in that regard. Right. I, I agree with both of you here. I, I do think he stays, but who knows? End of the day, we'll find out. But this was a player who I think was probably pretty honest with himself and understanding that the NBA, an NBA career might not be in his future. If it was right in this moment he would have packed it up and and tried the draft Mm -hmm. process but he didn't because for him for jesse and the people close to closest to him they saw this as a huge opportunity to capitalize in one year capitalize in one year to every sense and try to set up yourself for success down the road will he continue to be playing pro in some regard absolutely but we're talking big time money to play college basketball in an environment that i think he's going to thrive in so what that number is at West Virginia, I think, clearly was either because he was down to there, Kansas, and Gonzaga. I mean, talk about three programs. Right? Are you kidding me? Wow. And there's two sides to look at this. 
was he getting great money at all three? But what West Virginia was offering him starting five spot, was he going to be having to come off the bench at Kansas or Gonzaga? That's a possibility. Or it was just flat out all three said, you'll come and play for us, but here's the money deal. And he went with what was clearly what he thought was his best opportunity with the Mountaineers, and I don't think that changes. Not to mention maybe I, – I almost guarantee you there was also a part of it where maybe he just liked that school the best. He just got a great vibe from it. There is something Could to be, be said about – I know, I know, there's money oh, and I, other I things. Don't, but I don't, I don't trash Morgantown at all. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel like sometimes there is a culture element to it, but there also – it does make you wonder how much of it was – based off of a coaching decision and how devastated sure, is he by this? Sure. You know, that's a big part of the culture is who your head coach is at any given time. And that is just brutal. Like I remember when I was playing, I think I went through maybe three different head coaches, seven or eight altogether, including assistants foul. It's brutal. You know, it's like you're starting over, lot, yeah. not to mention you talk about, okay, well, we think that you're going to have a starting five spot here. That doesn't necessarily remain true with a new head coach, though. Mm -hmm. Like, nothing is promised in that regard. You know, you still Heck have to no. earn that. And in a sense now, let's just say that that was a situation. Now you're back into that tryout stage. That's how I felt even after being a starter for a few years. New coach, new tryout. Because this person does not know who I am, and they don't owe me anything. Yep. You know, they're, they're probably being brought in because they're trying to change something. So who's to say that that thing isn't you? Yeah, I've also I, I've dealt with that in the past as well, and it's it's really hard, really hard to especially get that group to mesh and get on the same page because in some ways it feels like starting over. But we could also see something where you know you had a string of really impressive transfers that are a part of this class coming in with Jesse, and it could be a part that they've grown pretty close in these last few months, and they want to stick it out and do this thing together, more so paying attention to I have my unit of players. The coach is one thing, but I got my boys here, and we're going to be WVU, so we shall see. But uh, blind rating exercise that we did with the top SU athletics moments, we're doing that again, but with reasons why a student-athlete would transfer. Brandon, you have five. I do have five uh, in no particular order mm -hmm. and similar sort of thing, but we're going to go through this a little bit quicker than last time because yeah. these are pretty general. Uh, obviously, use a spot, you lose it. First one. The reason being athletics, meaning a potential coaching change, playing time that you may or may not get, or the level of competition you want to step up, or you think, hey, maybe this is a bit too much for me. Okay. Great one. That is a great one. Or are we like doing it yeah, as yeah, a group? Yeah, yeah. Just, okay. like, just put it down and what, what do you guys do? Just like a quickly where you're putting it on your list. Okay. What is it again? Uh, anything athletic. Coaching changes, playing time that you may or may not get, and level of competition too high, too low. Hmm. Some serious thought into this from Mr. Sladek. I'm just going to rip through these here. Okay. We can go over the list at the yeah. end. Uh, academics, potential grad transfer. Hey, I'm not learning what I want to learn. Hey, I thought I was going to be a professional athlete, but I don't know if that's panning out, and I want to go somewhere where I can have a backup plan. Okay. What's three? Three, move closer to home family ties. Number four, as Sam said, the good vibes, the campus atmosphere, the surrounding town atmosphere. Say you don't like Tallahassee, Florida. Not, not picking on Florida State at all. Say you don't like Tallahassee, you'd rather be in like um, – uh, near Las Vegas. You want to okay. go from Florida State to UNLV, that sort of thing. 
And then finally, NIL slash branding, personal branding. Hmm. Ah. Did I trick up Sam Darn this time? A little bit, a little bit, a little bit. All right, let's start at number five here. What did you guys have in the five spot? I had the B, whatever B was, whatever the second one was. The academic stretch. Academic. <laughs> wow. You should have yeah. just wrote the wrote the. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't really thinking. I here. also put. I also put athletics at two. Wait, what'd you put at five? What'd you put? At oh, I'm five? sorry. You guys said five. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Home. Um, really? Wow. Yeah, moving closer to home. Why was that? Family Be- area. Because because college is about growing up. There there's not one person who moves closer I, to home I, and I, actually likes that decision. I hear you, you when you say away. that, but there's that the recent example of that uh, for Oklahoma softball pitcher who decided to go to Nebraska because she wanted nah. to be closer to home. Is it like circumstantial? You think? I mean, I do. And listen, I'm not I'm not actually trying to. I know that we've also at you know orange nation has also benefited from people saying i'm coming home and whatnot but i just really feel like college is supposed to be that time this is just personal it's my personal yeah. list that's what i yeah. want to say personally okay. Fair enough. i uh, really done. think i think and tommy had academics away. because he didn't like school okay uh number yeah. four not a school guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> he didn't come to play school I, Num- <laughs> number four <laughs> exactly i came to broadcast homie uh number four uh i have d Oh Lord! That was Can campus I, atmosphere. I did this terribly. That was campus atmosphere uh, and uh, very stupid on the, me. That was the campus, campus atmosphere, atmosphere surrounding area. Uh, yeah. I I put nil, but I only had one and four left, and I wish I would Hates have put money. it. I wish I would have put it first. Okay. That that's where I got screwed over. Sam hates. I sounds wish like I it. Sounds like I, it. I value the vibes over the money. I'm okay. sorry, y'all. Uh, I'm sorry. At number three, Tommy, what did your Scantron test say? Uh, see. <laughs> Move closer this is to not home. Real. This is not real. <laughs> My he, man has down I, A, B, C, D, and E. He has no idea he, which one is yeah, which. He had, no idea. he had moved closer to home and family. Okay, uh, at three. Yeah, I, I've seen because, hey, end of the day, you got to do that. Maybe someone's sick. Maybe someone's sick. <laughs> Something to think about, Sam. Some people don't have a choice. They don't have a choice. I put academics. <laughs> Some people care about school. They wow. care about their career. I didn't mean they for this to be. care about school more than their sick I grandma. I did not intend for this. It's a student to... athlete, not an athlete my student. Goodness. Okay? God, I didn't mean for this to become so hostile. Like, oh my gosh. Well, you, you created. Anyway, you... what's your number two, Tommy? A. Okay, uh, athletics. Me too. Yeah, me athletics. Too. Me too. And then number one? Uh, number one, I think, was NIL for me. It was NIL for you. I put the culture because happiness is the most important thing. But yeah. like I said, probably would have switched the So NIL Tommy one. doesn't care about school yeah. and only cares about making money. Okay. Well, no, it's more, I think two should actually be number one. I think end of the day, you like, as a D1 athlete, like you are there to make some, you're there to make some moves yep. in like the actual team in, in your experience with that is as people know, a full-time job on its own. And so if that's off, it's kind of like, what's the point? Why are you still there? And so two, so that is very important to me. And then just in this day and age, and with a lot of people's situations, I think I think NIL is just, it's changing up the future of it. And I think knowing that you could end up with some stability and starting to change your life at age 18 mm. is very big. I see some very good examples of That's that. That's too so. important to miss yeah. out on. I'm yeah. with you the whole Shining way Shining example. Yeah, well, you put it at number four, so I don't know she, how important it, it is for you. Well, you put it as a Scantron test. <laughs> I, I so. had Jim Beheim's retirement at like the number three on the last <laughs> list it, 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 was, it was five. So it was, it was number five. five. It was horrible. That was worse. It was that way was worse. worse. He was like, ah, middle of the road. Anyway, uh, to go along with this uh, yeah. trivia today. Trivia, let's go. Uh, 
revolving around the resigning of Bob Huggins, now that Huggy Bear, as he was affectionately called, is gone. Who is the NCAA Men's Division I basketball active leader in wins, and who is the active leader in win percentage? Okay, so Huggy was at 935, right? We can get that number from you? Mm -hmm. Are you going to allow that? Yeah. Okay. So wins and win percentage. It, it, it is two different guys. It's two different questions. Is the one um, the guy from Oakland no. that came to, and played Syracuse? No. Because he's been there since like 79 or something crazy? It, it is not him. Um, I don't know why the vibes I'm getting is that at least one of these two is not going to be like a top Division One coach. I'm feeling like it's going to be something yeah, more yeah, random yeah, than that. I don't know I why you're thinking that, that too. I think one of them is, and I'm thinking it's either John Calipari or Bill Self. So Bill Self from Kansas, Calipari from Kentucky feels right. Who would be? Well, which one are you going for first? Are you going I for think, total I think wins total or are you wins, going? Okay. I think total wins makes more sense. Mm. I, oh, I feel like Calipari just because of his time at UMass in the 90s, Marcus Camby, that whole scene, um, you know, John Cheney threatening to kill him in the press conference. Like, those were big win years. But then what he's done at Kentucky, I feel like there's 25 wins everywhere. So, yeah, I like that. Well, should we Coach toss it? Cal. Let's go, Coach Cal. Is Sam teaming up with you again yes. today? Yeah, I'll let it rip. John Calipari is number two oh. on active wins. If it's Bill Self. Bill Self is number three. Oh, Okay. I'm actually not, there, I'm there, not, there, I'm not too upset there, with there that. are some big names on this list as well. Rick Barnes, Calvin Sampson, Jim Laranega. It is a non-big name that's at number one. 906 wins for Coastal Carolina's Cliff Ellis. I knew it. Oh I knew goodness. it. Okay. In the percent, percent, I feel it could be in the same boat. Percent, 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 percent. Use logic time. Is this a minimum? Is this a mi is this like a minimum of like 10 games? That's actually a great question. I mean, question. all the coach, you have to think like. Or is it, this a minimum? The, the list I looked up was top like winning wins. Mm -hmm. So it's the top 100 college coaches in general, all divisions with wins. These are the D1 coaches that are in there. I only took the top 10 out. Is this also Cliff Ellis? It is not Cliff Ellis. Mm. But that's a good guess because I can totally you see are, that happening. You are totally overthinking this and I blame I, myself. Is it John Calipari? It is not John Calipari. Is the it Bill other Self? Guy. No. If you if you give, I will make you feel really bad about this. I'm actually pleading with you to give up so I can make you feel really bad about this. Winning percentage. Winning percentage. And you, said, you said active D1. Active, active, active men's division one coach, yes. Hubert Davis? No. Mm. I don't know. Tommy and Sam, which non-Power 5 program is basically heralded as a Power 5 program because they run through their conference every year? The Gonzaga Bulldogs. Mark Few has won just under 84% of his games since taking over, I believe, I in thought, 1999. I thought you were going to say Matt Langle, and I would have been like, oh, my Lord. I don't think he – like, he hasn't been there that long. Not to, long yeah. enough to really create that – type of separation yeah. but good question Thank i liked you. that that was very good that was very good there are some things that are too good to keep a secret like how your amex platinum card helps you have the perfect trip 
I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. But let's move on here. You guys ready? Yeah. All right. A part of our way too early football season preview. This is part two. We've gone over the schedule, so check out last week's if you haven't yet. And we're looking at now what is going to be this starting lineup and ultimately who we think could end up where. As for the Syracuse team, six of the 11 starters are returning on offense, two of five on the offensive line. So we're going to have to plug and play some important roles with guys like Matthew Bergeron moving on. Nine of 11 defensive starters return. That is way more comfortable, especially considering that one of those starters is Garrett Williams, who's now with the Cardinals. The other is Michael Jones, who is now with, well, actually, hold on well, a second. Well, keep in mind, these were, I put these down from the Boston College game, the last regular season game for context for the audience. Okay. Okay. So, so it, this actually, like you have I'm going gotten... to adjust that number because yeah. this is that, that would, you're probably very confused if you're listening right now yeah. because it's a little bit more than nine because Garrett was there beginning of the year. Michael Jones did not play in the Boston College game. That's that's on me. That's so my the mistake. two. That's okay. The two that were not there from the end of last season: Deuce Chestnut, Jahad Carter. But if you look ahead to this future defense, you still see some similar names. I think it'll be. I think you're right with this. I think it'll be seven returners, four new guys. Offense will be one, two, three, four. Well, new five. guys is very like it's new it, guys. It's it's it's, it's like guys coming back from injury. It's guys, guys you coming, know yeah. for sure. And then the offense is one, two, three, four, five, six new, five returning. But again, very similar where you're going to know a few of those names that we think are going to be returning. Mm-hmm. So, as for the offense, who we lost, we lose Sean Tucker at running back. We lose Devon Cooper at receiver. We lose Matthew Bergeron left tackle. Dakota Davis, left guard, and Carlos Vettorello at center. Defense, we lose Deuce Chestnut, Jahad Carter, Michael Jones, and Garrett Williams. So let's start with the offense. Let's go down the list. QB, Garrett Schrader, pro football focus, has him as a top 10 quarterback returning. I believe he's number 10, if I have that right, Brendan. Running back taking his place, LaQuinn Allen who I think Sam's very excited for, based on that face. I am. I remember feeling very impressed by him Mm -hmm. when we went down to watch them take on Minnesota in the pinstripe bowl. I remember feeling like that was not start to finish all that electric of a game, quite honestly. I feel like that was a game that there was a lot of lost momentum. But I felt like the crowd was even really riled up about LaQuinn Allen. Like He was the focal point of the excitement where people Mm -hmm. were kind of forward thinking about what could be next year and i have a hot take that i would like to present as Ooh, i've been thinking away. about this. we love hot takes big hot takes i i'm not going to say that it's all positive but i don't necessarily think it's a bad thing that sean tucker is gone i think that this team depended too much on sean tucker okay. it was always the it was always give sean tucker the ball like that could always be the solution when it really couldn't 
And I feel like with LaQuint Allen at that position, there's going to be a more well-balanced team. I don't think that's a hot take at all. I think that's what they're going to do. You agree with that? I I agree with that. They have a lot of young guys in their running back core right now. And then a couple of guys who are around the same age as LaQuint. I think there's a redshirt junior, redshirt sophomore along with him. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see three, maybe even four backs out there Mm -hmm. game to game. So guys are fresher, and they don't have as much tread on the tires. Like They don't have anybody who's run the ball all that much on this right. team. All right. And that's, that's a good thing. True. Yeah, it is. And then as we keep going down the list, receivers, we're looking at Damian Alford. Brendan has Trevor Pena in there, who I think I, I like that a lot because out on the wings, you're going to have Damian Alford or Rondé Gatson, two humongous people. And what's the change of pace in the slot? A shorter guy. Right, Hodges? Uh, yeah, I, I will say Gadsden listed as like a wide receiver tight end hybrid. Uh, it's at weird, this point, you know? it's, he's he, a receiver. He's, he's a receiver. I, yeah. And you can run him in the slot. Pena is one of those guys. I think of like, and this is not a comp that I'm making for like draftable stuff. It's like, think of him as like a Tyler Lockett type. Mm-hmm. He's small, he's shifty, he returns kicks, returns punts, but he can also run by you for 60 yards. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of having that consistency in there to be able to catch the ball with consistency and stay healthy because part of the reason he wasn't in there a lot last year is because he, he wasn't healthy. Right, exactly. And then so you have those guys, and then tight end is Dan Valori, who is could end up being really one of the best stories of college football this year and a guy that uh, I, I believe he was Don Bosco prep. He was, wasn't he a quarterback? Well, yeah, he so he was like kind of like North North Jersey like royalty coming out of high school. Uh, actually, it might have been Long Island. I definitely have that wrong. But Valari ends up going to Michigan uh, to be a QB for the Harbaugh, um, the Harbaugh <laughs> <laughs> for Harbaugh, and he comes over to Syracuse, transfers, and I believe he's pretty low on the depth chart last year. But they look at this guy, this coaching staff, and see really athletic person. So much so that by the end of the season, he's legit getting reps out there mm. to where Garrett Trader is saying, I'm really excited for you guys to see what this guy can do with some training and going into a new position. So between that, between Schrader, Allen, Alford, Pena, Gadsden, Valari. Throw Isaiah Johnson in there throw too. Throw Isaiah Johnson in there. That's an incredible, honestly, that is an incredible set of a QB running back and a receiving core. The question mark for this offense, and it has been, and it's just a part of college football normally, is can the offensive line hold up? Can they mm. hold up? That's going to be the big question this fall. Because if that if that's if that's the prime issue, those other pieces, it doesn't really matter. Wait, I just want to confirm this. You guys said Isaiah Johnson. Do you mean Isaiah Jones or is that is that wrong? No, Isaiah Johnson was. Who is Isaiah uh, he Johnson? He got hurt oh, in the th- Purdue game last season. Oh no, that's that's. I thought that is Jones. Is that Isaiah Jones? I think it is. Am I Jones. missing out my Jays? I just want to make sure because you guys said you guys said Isaiah Johnson, but I I believe that you meant Isaiah Jones. Just want to con- confirm for. No, I think I think you're right because I in my head I I'm, like, to I'm like something for the feels listeners. something feels wrong with that. And, and Brennan, you have Isaiah Johnson. Look, no, here. yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I thought I thought there were two because I went through the roster this morning and I looked at that. Actually, I have the roster right here. Why don't I just? It's Jones. It just is look Jones. It up. There's um, so many eyes. But they're similar. Yeah, exactly. I we we forgive you for that. We no forgive team. you for that. But you're He's right. not on the he, sheet. It's okay. He could. I. He was definitely a big. He was he was brewing into a big time player, and so I'd be excited to see what he's able to do healthy this time around. But that that offensive line, 
Hodges, you want to go through and explain your your expected yeah, starting yeah. five? Yeah, so there Chris Blake it remains from last year's uh, team as well as Enrique Cruz. We'll get to Cruz in a second. Blake stays at right guard. It's just where he's comfortable at. They got a couple of transfers coming in. Uh, Jean-Ray Reed, a community college JUCO guy, mm-hmm. uh, was out in Kansas, played a lot of center. There's your potential uh, starting center because he has experience playing at a lower level, yeah, but – He's a big dude. And then Joe Moore, four-year starter at Richmond at right tackle, bumps Enrique Cruz from the right side to the blind side to protect Garrett Strader there as a replacement for Matt Bergeron. Kalen Ellis was a backup last season. He steps in as the next man up this go-round. Yeah, so we at shall see. guard, I should say. This, this right here is very important. Their offensive line coach from last year is gone. This is going to be something that's going to be something we really need to pay attention to. But let's slide over to defense. Let's take a look at that defensive front to start. Kevon Darton. I already forget it. What was it? Jatias? Yes, Jatias. Jatias. That's one of those names we and I were talking about beforehand. I'm like, I always say it wrong. Caleb Okuchukwu, who we know very well. And then linebacker core, Marlo Wax. And with Michael Jones gone. Me too. I love Marlo Wax. He's great. Derek McDonald, who was off and on injured last year, but had some really great flashes to show that he belongs in the starting lineup. And then this one I'm so excited for, and that is Stephon Thompson, who we didn't see even a lick of after he and Chris Elmore got hurt in the first game of the season against Louisville. This dude is, he's a freak. And I think if he's feeling good, he's going to make an immediate impact. I really do. Cornerbacks, Isaiah Johnson, who was like offered was two guys where there was rumors of their names going in the portal. They end up coming back. Then you have Jeremiah Wilson, who was a rookie last year. So he was a freshman. He started to get some time towards the end of the season, but he was one of those players where as a true freshman, I was super impressed with him in training camp um, last August. So excited to see where he stands. We also have Elijah Clark in there, Jason Simmons Jr. And then Justin Barron coming back at that safety position for you guys defensively who are you most excited to see out of those 11 names Brennan oh, I, you can I, let it rip oh I mean Stefan Thompson obviously yeah uh, like okay let's go with that let's a go a guy that's not maybe Stephon an unknown Thompson. maybe an unknown um I mean all these guys we've kind of seen that's the thing like we I know. Like we've my, seen at least my, a little bit my well brain, that's okay if you saw my him already. brain went to Marlo Wax I wasn't uh, yeah. looking at like an unknown I was looking at Unknown. I was looking at somebody who we already have seen that's made an impact. I really, really do feel like I'm, I'm a classic one-liner girl. You guys know that about me. Yes. But I love offense wins games, defense wins championships. I really do. And I think that Marlo Wax is just a big part of that. I think he's a big part of it from a leadership standpoint, from a captain standpoint, making sure yeah. everyone's on the same page standpoint. I just think he's a really good guy. I, I agree. And I think he's the type of guy where um, we've talked about it before. I could easily see him if he doesn't go and actually works as a linebacker in the NFL. He plays special teams for a reason, and a part Mm. of that is to build up that resume, and he makes plays. He just does, and so I'm really excited to see that. I think he could be an NFL guy from this team. I think Aronde Gadsden could be a first-few-round pick. Um, Depending on how this season goes, he could end up being a huge name, I think, by the end of this. You want me to change my answer to that question then? Yeah, go ahead. I'll go go the secondary as a whole. Okay. We're used to having having those two shutdown corners. We had Deuce and Garrett last season, at Mm. least for – for a little bit. Garrett got hurt in that midway through the season. Deuce was kind of on an island than there was everyone else. Um, but you have new guys coming in. I'm interested to see how they play 
the run mm-hmm. because that was a problem. I, yeah, I, I mentioned here I put Kayvon in there because I don't know what we have with anyone else. Uh, Elijah Fuentes Cundiff was more of like that defensive tackle. You have a guy from Alabama coming in that hasn't really played college football at all mm-hmm. in Braylon Ingraham. Um, so you're going to need safeties to come up and commit to the run and then be able to get back in coverage against the play-action pass. And that'll be Justin Barron for sure. I put Simmons in there because he, he played some corner last year, I'm pretty sure. But I, you have corners there. You're going to need somebody to play in that 3-3-5. Three, three, the rover safety, which is like your middle safety, and then you're free and strong, which are the two guys on the, the other thirds of the field. Hodges, I have one adjustment to your defensive expectations and I don't know if you had this in mind or not, Fire because away. I was interested. impressed by what Darton could do. But I, but you know, naturally, I think there could be a better fit there. And Size that is the return of Terry Lockett, oh. who also got hurt there in the beginning of the season. And he was one of those players that, to me, was kind of like your Fletcher Cox of the team, right? He might, on paper, you might never hear his name, but he can have games for the Eagles where he's such a run stuffer, he's such a hole clogger, that it ends up being a huge thing. And without even realizing it, he could be the MVP of a defense. Mm. Terry Lockett may have had that same role early on. Well, I mean, because the run... The run defense really started to struggle after he got hurt. They have a bunch of guys that got hurt on the in the front, especially um, like they were forcing guys. I think Jerry Jobody was another one of those guys yeah. who wasn't necessarily available the entire season. He comes back as well. It, it's a tough group to figure. You have one, maybe like Lockin and Caleb, and then it like I guess you could say Jatias is too. But it, it's who are you shifting in because those guys are only playing maybe. 20 25 snaps a game yeah you just don't realize it because everybody's wearing like the helmets and the jerseys and you can't see the numbers from far away okay there we go well we got to go but le- next week we'll be back and again we're looking to pick up on a on a coach's series here so looking to have some familiar names in the studio as we get into the dog days of summer but we are not going anywhere samantha cross and tommy sladek brendan hodges we're out of here the orange zone podcast peace